Hello and welcome to Boots Presents Taboo Talk, the podcast that asks the most important, awkward and taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Vogue Williams, and this week we're going to talk about puberty. Yes, that stage in life when your hormones go haywire, your body both delights and disgusts you, and you start fancying everyone you see. Officially, puberty is a time when a child's body begins to develop into a young adult. The average age for girls to begin puberty is 11, while for boys, it's 12 but everyone is different and it can start at any age from 8 to 14 with most people finishing puberty by the time they're 18. Puberty can last up to four years with boys and girls experience growth spurts, new body hair, skin changes, sweating more and sexual urges. Girls develop breasts and start menstruating while boys' voices drop. They get facial hair and their penises and testes grow. It's no wonder it is famously a time of huge emotional ups and downs. So, looking back, what do you wish you'd known about puberty then that you know now? How did you navigate peer pressure, insecurity and getting changed for PE? And do you think going through the whole process is harder now with social media and camera phones than it was maybe 10 years ago? Helping us to answer all those questions and more are two awesome guests. First up, we have Paul Sinna, a trained medical doctor, perhaps best known as one of the chasers on ITV's quiz show, The Chase. Paul has been a successful comedian for a number of years. He's also played every major comedy club in the UK, performed across the globe and been nominated three times for Best Club Comedian at the Chortle Awards, winning in 2014. Paul is joined by Verona Rhodes. Verona is an actress, comedian, television presenter and writer known for her BBC Three comedy shorts, Fully Blown, for reality show The Real Dirty Dancing and for presenting ITV's Secret Crush. She also plays Naomi in Netflix's Top Boy and was in the writing room for the next series. Before we start, a quick note for listeners. If you are affected by anything you hear in this episode, please do reach out to your GP or visit the Boots Health Hub for access to advice. Boots also stock lots of personal hygiene products, everything from deodorant and skincare to sanitary and grooming products, which can be found online and in-store. Right, let's get to it. Paul and Verona, welcome. Hi guys. Verona, what was your what did you first notice about puberty? I think it was my bee stings. Yes. Yeah, yeah, beastly. That's what we used to call it. The nipples. The nipples. They just, they just, just rose a little yeah. bit. I remember, I, I know, because my sister was slightly older than me. I remember we were in the bath and she was like, Mom, because she just had like these strange nipples. And that was the first thing. Is that usual for girls that it's just their nipples? that That's like, that's obviously where the breast <laughs> tissue starts. I mean, I'm still growing my boobs. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping I haven't finished puberty. It's very, it's, <laughs> it's very typical. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. And what was your first, what did you first notice? Um, spots. I had terrible acne. Yeah. Terrible, terrible acne. Not helped by the fact that all my dad's friends were doctors and lacked a filter. And so they just openly say to me, you've got terrible acne. Have you done anything about it? And oh. it's just like, can you just not talk about it? That's so mean. In front of everybody. Uh, but also, I started, by the, I had a passport photo taken when I was about 12. And I looked like a, a British actor from a 1940s adventure film, such as The Nature of the Mum Moustache. Oh. Um, I, I, I had a, a full moustache by 12, 13. Do you think that your personal style changed at all 
when you were going through puberty? Oh, definitely. I, I became like a gangster rapper. <laughs> yeah. I used to watch all these hood films and then decided I was going to walk around. Where I'm from like this small area in Southampton. Walk around with a bandana on my face and like baggy jeans and stuff. And everyone oh, would just no. look at me like, who, who is she? And in my head, it's so terrible. I'm nothing like this now at all. But in my head, I'd be like, why are they looking at me for? What are you looking at? <laughs> and I'm not like that at all now. But, but back then, it, 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 it was then, cool. It was great, yeah. And what about you? What was? Did your style change? Before puberty, I had no personal style at all. Yeah. Once I'd finished puberty, I had no personal style. <laughs> uh, no, nothing changed. It, nothing it, up it, it to wasn't you. Who I was as a human style, style was a, a mystery. I mean, I'm. I'm much more interested in it now than I ever was as a, when I was younger. Much more interested in looking at my best now yeah. than I ever was when I was younger. I think we all went through the, like, me and my friends all had the same clothes at one stage. We all used to wear these nope trousers and X-Works jeans were in and we used to wear bandanas as tops. Yep, same. And, and yeah. you'd all wear the same as well. We'd all wear the exact same. What are you wearing today? I'm going to wear a skirt and, yeah. and you'd wear the same but Do you remember when you, see, when you see people today, when you see people going through puberty today and they're doing their makeup, you're like, oh my God, they literally look incredible. But when we did it, it was yeah, like, you put glitter <laughs> on your temples yeah, yeah. and then you'd have blue eyeshadow and you'd just, you'd look... Do you know what I also my... done? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I used to do um, get my eyeliner and do like a black dot in it, <laughs> yeah. just above my lip. And I thought it looked so good. And my dad used to be like, why are you walking around like you look terrible? And now I look back, I'm like, yeah, I look terrible. Why did nobody tell me? My dad told me. My dad would have t- disowned me if I looked that way. Yeah. Long, we long used before to do they it found out whether I was gay or not. They yeah. disowned me there and then. And did you, did you find you had mood swings? I think I did um, have slight mood swings I remember waking up and just being like I'm in a mood today and I don't know why yeah don't speak to me you know and and that would filter into our friendship groups as well because we'd know if someone was on or we used yeah. to say on your red so and so's on their reds they've come in with a spot on their forehead and in a bad mood so yeah like, so yeah I think I think occasionally I would get mood swings yeah do you know what that's about women as well we still get that which I find obviously there's loads of things I find unfair but anyway I think that like as a woman like before your period still now like you get that little like sad couple of days or like moody couple of days but when you're younger you get it like so full on I, I really my whole personality changed when I was 14 only at home I was really great with all my friends but when I was at home I was just like just always angry. Don't want anyone to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. No one to touch me. I suppose yeah. in terms of what you call mood swings, everybody has emotional changes. Whether you call yeah. them mood swings or not is, is, is just a matter of which words you choose. And I remember when I was... So, uh, as I said, I must stress how quiet and shy I was. Once I hit my teenage years, everything seemed unbelievably important. My yeah. opinion on everything, yeah. my opinion on what, why why one song was better than another song, I'd actually get angry. Going, no, this song's better. <laughs> that, that that sort of thing. When Kate Bush released her album Hounds of Love in 1985, I never stopped listening to it for about two years. I'd, be, I'd just I'd just <laughs> be sat in bed listen, listening to the album again and again and again. Yeah. Everything seemed incredibly melodramatic, and that's yeah. put and what what I understand of puberty now, having lived through it, is that that's very much an such an essential part 
of becoming the person that you want to become. Yeah. I'd never have like linked that to puberty before. I, I, I read a really good article about it um, a couple of years ago in The Guardian and it suddenly it, it all made sense. Yeah. Um, it does make sense. When you're saying it yeah. here, it kind of makes sense. Like I remember who I first fancied, like Liam Gallagher, Eric Antona. Like I'd posters yeah, of them on yeah. my wall. Great taste of men. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember those. Like, and, I d- and it was in like, God, this is probably when I'm like 10. Yeah. Does everybody get mood swings? I don't think so, no. I mean, it's not something that I particularly remember. Because yeah. everyone goes into adolescence at a di- with a different set of cultural values and, and opinions. And it's not true that everybody goes through mood swings. I think what's true is that the intensity of emotions that you have in puberty uh, are at their highest. The changes are taking place at a more rapid rate. Mm. So everything feels more intense and more important. If something happens to be yesterday, something ha- big happened to be yesterday, I will barely remember it now. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if something big happened to be in April 1984, I remember where I was, where I was sat, <laughs> how I felt at the beginning, how I felt at the end. My particular one is music. Uh, when I listen to uh, pop music quizzes, I go, please be 1984. Please be yeah. 1984. <laughs> because that's when I was 14 and I remembered every single song from 1984, 85, 86, pretty much everything. You can't catch me out on pop music quizzes of those years. Yeah. Because the intensity of what you experience is so high that it goes into the long-term memory rather than just the short-term. That's amazing. I never really thought about that. Incredible. As a GP, though, would you have parents and children coming to you like trying to figure out puberty as they're going through it? Well, not really. We're not the first port of call unless something's gone wrong. Or in the rare minority cases, some people are clever enough to be intuitive to know they need sexual health advice before the problems happen. I think sexual health is a massive part of primary care, general practice. And in general, people come to you when it's too late. They've had unprotected sex, they've had an unwanted pregnancy, or they've been uh, having sex but have had no contraception. It's very rare for people to have the common sense, uh, the intuition, the knowledge, the understanding, the support to make the decisions before they become problems. Yeah. I Uh, suppose as a parent, though, like I have very young kids, but obviously they will go through this. But thinking of like even contraception for your daughter or something like that, it's not something that would be on the forefront of my mind for a 14 year old girl. But I suppose in this day and age, you kind of have to think about it. You have to think about it. And she's not going to tell you. Well, yeah, that, that's that's the facts. She, the, her first protocol is not going to be you until she feels more comfortable with what, with whether what she's experiencing is more long, medium, or long term or short yeah. term. It doesn't matter how good a parent you are, they're not going to come to you. They first. might though. They, they might. might. Because I mean, my I, I, my my sister, I'm a lot older than her. Um, I'm 16 years older than her, and we grew up very differently. Both same parents, but she's someone that was very open with both my parents. Really? So she would speak to my parents. I wouldn't, but no. I'd be a bit more sh- scared or nervous, but she would be very open and say those kind of things to my parents, so, to the point that I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah. I think my parents just kind of wanted to... I remember my mom found the pill, and I, th- I remember her being really angry. I think she just didn't want... And I actually wasn't having sex at the time, Um but uh, but I think that she just really like was kind of taken aback that I was on it instead of just embracing it. That I was I mean, smart enough to do. Yeah, there isn't a generalism that applies to everything, but in general, people consult their friends yeah. before they consult their family or the, or, the, or the GP. Yeah. By the time they come to us, something's usually gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need you guys for. So you you were fourteen when you hit puberty. Oh no. 
Oh, before it? Oh, my word. I mean, I don't actually remember, but I remember a specific period in my life where I shot up and was significantly taller than other kids in my year. It may be an ethnic thing. I mean, my dad, my, my parents are from West Bengal, they came over. And my dad was always adamant, my dad was a doctor as well, that the very heavy meat diet of, of uh, Asian families uh, in Britain was very, very heavily lent towards lamb, cu- lamb curries, meant that the hormonal changes tended to happen uh, earlier than uh-huh. average. But I hit puberty very early. Like what age? I can't say exactly, but it was certainly started by 10. 10? 10, yeah. What about you? What age do you think you started? So, what do we define starting puberty as? Like, for me, it's, I, I'm, I'm thinking about, I remember when I started menstruating, I was 11. Ele- See, I was 16. I was a late really? bloomer. But when you're talking about shooting up, I went to school when I was 12, secondary school, and then I was, I was like the same height as all my friends, and then all of a sudden by Christmas, I was just this huge monster. (laughs) I'm really tall, but I was huge, like within six months. What people don't know is that if you hit puberty later, you tend to be taller. So it's actually um, an advantage to your career as a model (laughs) uh, that you hit puberty later because you've got more years of prepubertal growth. You have prepubertal growth, then you have the growth spurt, and then you're done. But the more years you have a prepubertal growth, means the taller you'll eventually become. So is pu- oh, but is puberty defined as when you get your menstrual cycle or when like what is it defined as? When there do you start? There's no specific one thing, but one thing's for sure, if you're menstruating, you've hit puberty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eleven, that's like yeah, a baby. I was very young. I just started secondary school. Wow. So yeah, and I would have been so jealous of you. I would have been twelve almost. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was. It was when back then for me, I feel like it was a bit embarrassing oh. at first to start off with for a, a couple of years. Um, but the other thing that I had as well, um, which was before eleven, um, I got a lo- loads of nosebleeds and pains in my legs and things like that. And my parents were constantly taking me to the doctors, and they said it was because oh, because she's growing and she had a growth spurt, and because of. I mean, would you say the same thing? I think yeah. that's one of the Do dramatic really? things about puberty is it presents in so many di- with so many different complications. Yeah. I never had nosebleeds. I don't know anyone who had nosebleeds. <laughs> but I'd agree with your doctor that yeah. nosebleeds was pro- uh, puberty was probably the reason you were having nosebleeds. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have to um, admit as well, some of my friends used to come and stay with me. Um, this was when I got a bit older. They'd come and stay from London in Southampton at my parents' house and they'd end up with nosebleeds because it was too hot in my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> so with puberty, how long... Because for me, I would say it probably... like. I went through monster years. My stepdad used to call my sister and I the monsters because we were just so horrific from about the age of 14, I'd say till at least 18. Like, so how long do the years of puberty generally last? Uh, There's no real answer to that because we don't have a specific point of when it starts. Yeah. But in general, so, I mean, I've got a best friend who went to university and he still hadn't properly finished puberty. Really? And you see when you go to, to to a freshers event, say, at university, I often do comedy at freshers events, and you look around, and some people look 11, and other people look 25. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's, yeah. A, there's a real variety pack uh, in front of you. So I'd say about six to seven years in general is, is, is typical, and I certainly feel that my growth uh, from a physical point of view was done and dusted by about 15 yeah. Is yeah. that usually when you stop actually growing around? As, as I said, there's no generalism. And, and just it's important going. that people don't panic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everybody has puberty. Yeah. Uh, and, and as you found out, if you have it late, 
There are advantages. <laughs> yeah. there, there, there are there are advantages. I'm jealous. I wish I had it like because I wish I was taller. Oh, I couldn't wait to get on. I must have changed my pad a hundred times a day because I was so excited. Oh, because <laughs> all my friends had it. I was like, yes, it's here finally. <laughs> so, do you think? Uh, well, this is another generalization I know, but do do the girls tend to shoot up before the boys? Because like I remember boys always being small. Because yeah. like by twelve, I was kind of a giant. Uh, the theory is that, on average, female puberty starts earlier than male puberty, yeah. And that's uh-huh. why there is... It often feels like women at school are, are more mature and grown up. And uh, I do feel like, and I'm not trying to say this, but I do feel like girls tend to be a little bit more advanced than boys, yeah, well, there, there even as babies. Reason, yeah, there is a statistical reason for that, which is they, okay. te- they tend to hit puberty earlier. And so... As, I mean, I, I, I lay my cards on the table here. I'm a gay man who went to public school, an all-boys public school. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily... You must have been delighted, no? Oh, it was torture. It was absolutely oh, torture. Really? Because oh, Because it's like being at an all-you-can-eat buffet <laughs> and, uh, with, 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 with your jaw wide up. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, I, there's nothing I could do about it. There's nothing I, I could act on. It, it, yeah. At a public school, it would cause disgrace and expulsion if you acted on your impulses. But... My so my female friends were all from a West. My dad's cultural background. My mother, a West Bengali. The, the, those were my female friends, mm. and they all seemed more confident than I was at, at equivalent age. Yeah, you said that you were shy when you were younger. Do you think that your puberty brought that, got rid of that shyness, or it made it worse? Um, made it better, but there there are, there are reasons for that. I talked about the fact that you develop your personality more when you when when. You, you hit puberty. Yeah. But I was a very uh, naive, not really a person in the world. I didn't get the same joke. I didn't understand the same jokes that the other kids were telling. They'd all do these sex jokes. And me growing up gay and a bit closet, a bit closeted and a bit pampered, I didn't necessarily get them. Yeah. Uh, a couple of family friends of mine, very dear, still very dear family friends, um, as in my age. So my, their dads would have gone to medical school with my, my dad. They started telling me jokes and explaining them to me. Uh, and it felt like I, I was a different human being by the time I emerged from this conversation. Yeah. I felt now that I actually understood what heterosexual people get up to, I became a different person. I was able to be funnier, more, yeah. more engaging, more extrovert. So for me, puberty was a really important time to develop the personality side of who I'd later become. Yeah. Because before puberty, I was a very quiet, bookish, shy uh, quiz addicted, chess addict. I was really good at chess and mathematics, <laughs> and that 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 gets you nowhere in popularity. In fact, if you you ruin enough games of Trivial Pursuit, people <laughs> actively actively dislike you. Uh, and I, I managed to sort of shake shake that off a bit uh, once I'd emerged from puberty. Yeah, you are qualified as a medical doctor, which we're kind of obsessed by, and so you can probably summarize puberty for us in a nutshell. How important is this stage of life? that we all go through? Um, it couldn't be any more important, to be honest with you. I think the simple way of describing it is it's that bridge between uh, childhood and adulthood, yeah. adolescence, if you like. Uh, but the changes that you go through during that time very much define the rest of your life. From a physical point of view, when you hit puberty will determine your future height and your future stature. Uh, but the changes that you undergo during puberty are so intense Mm-hmm. That a lot of how you become as an adult human being is based on 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 the, I say choices, but they're not always choices. They're not always things that you're in control of. But yeah. the changes that that, that, take, that take place hormonally 
and in terms of cerebrally as well, uh, what you go through really defines who you are. After, not everybody. Some yeah. people are more defined before puberty. What do you mean by that? So like your whole... Say something like sexuality. Yeah. Uh, in theory, puberty is when you, you, you start feeling your first uh, inklings of where your sexuality might be. Yeah. For, to, give it, to, to, to put it simply. But we all know now that a lot of people feel this way very before puberty and a lot of people find discover who they are sexually after puberty. So it's not the case for everybody. Yeah. But for the majority of people... That's when you kind of discover what turns you on. Where, but not just in terms of sexuality and other human beings, but whether you're somebody who likes arts and arts, or whether you're somebody who likes science, whether you're introvert, extrovert, uh, whether you uh, like fashionable music, or whether you like Ed Sheeran. Um, <laughs> Ed Sheeran's fashionable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is he? Really fashion. <laughs> yes, of course um, he is. Style, you know, stylistically, who you think you might be, whether you, whether you want to be... Uh, a goth or a new romantic or whatever whatever the, the genres are now. Yeah. But I mean, I'm a child of the 80s. So those those were those were the choices then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of how you end up being as an adult is very dependent on what you experience during your adolescence, and everything is more intense with the hormonal changes that take place in your body. Everything, every experience, every emotion, every opinion is intensified to the degree that years later or decades later we still remember the music that we liked, the books that we read, the films that we loved from the period when we were in puberty. So it's... it's a That it's is a, true, actually, when you think about it. Yeah. It's a really intense period of your life. So yeah. when did you start... When did you figure out that you fancied boys? Um, very early. I, d I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But I can remember about seven or eight years old being in, yeah, in some vague semblance... Uh, Emotionally and physically attracted to boys. Yeah. And I was always emotionally and I suppose physically attracted to women as well. Yeah. And that sort of disappeared as the the, the nature of what was required to be physically attracted to women. So, so, suddenly thought, oh, that's not for me. <laughs> uh, and and the, the difference between my feelings for women and my feelings for, for men became very, very pronounced. Yeah. Um, I suppose... Seven Grange Hill. Oh yeah, because Grange that was Hill. The, because these kids were my age on Grange Hill. So that was when I first became very much aware of having crushes on people on the telly. Yeah. Uh, but I can't stress the degree to which I don't know what it's like now. We live in a very different different uh, social landscape to when I was growing up. But being gay in an all boys school is torture. It, 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 mm. it is a horrific emotional torture that I, w I wouldn't wish on anyone yeah. because you've got nobody to speak to. Yeah. In the, in the, at least you have options now. Yeah. And certainly the, the idea of talking to my mum and dad was, was out, oh, no. out of the question. But talking to your friends was very much out of the question as well. Because this was the 80s. This was not a heart stopper. This, mm. was, this, 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 this was the 80s. It was a very different climate. And so I suppose it was really important to, for me to find other ways to express myself uh, and so I, I sort of became the guy that was that wrote jokes and little skits and, and sketches and, and, and rewrote the lyrics to songs and I played the piano a lot and I, I was expressing myself creatively in other ways yeah because I was having to hide who who I was from a sexual yeah. for, for possible disgrace reasons mm. God, yeah how, oh, how did your parents take that sorry by the way when you eventually had to come out to them um Hard thing to do when you're young. Yeah, it happened yeah. in different ways. My mum was told. Oh, no. Um, and so that was one, 
one one experience. My dad, I came out to in the more traditional way eleven years later, and it was fine. But by this stage, he was a man of the world. I don't yeah. think I could have told told it with my teenagers. I, I mean, I just could. I, not, I don't think I could not no. have told them in my teenagers. Not least because when you they assume that you'll grow out of it. Yeah, that is yeah, the thing. Yeah, I remember thing, my sister yeah. told my mom. My mom was like, "That's a phase." I'm like, "I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a phase. It's been going on quite a while now." So you fancy you do go through a phase when you're in puberty fancying celebrities. So that yeah. is that just a thing because it's somebody that you're seeing on your TV and everything like that. Well, I'm a big football fan, and we didn't have Eric Cantona style handsome icons in the '80s. We we had. Uh, Mark Lawrence uh, Gary Lineker I suppose was, was, yeah, was, 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 <laughs> that's an unusual choice really <laughs> Gary Lineker but he's Gary very, Lineker's very very handsome, handsome. really yeah, oh, I wouldn't beautiful. be about Gary Lineker now what about you Frodo when did you first fancy someone I think I was about 10 as well I know I had a massive crush on um, Peter Andre <laughs> Peter Andre um and Richard Blackwood, and then I loved to take that. But my, I, I, I liked Howard and Robbie, and I um, had their posters on my wall and would oh, Robbie, kiss yeah. them before bed. So yeah, yeah give me a little. So that, that does change very early when you think of a seven or eight year old finding someone attractive. As you were saying with your friends, that some would come in really movie, moody, and I do think it is a tricky time when you're, you're with your group, group friends and you're yeah. all kind of going through the same thing. Do you remember? like fights and stuff that you'd have with your friends and it was obviously just because you were going through puberty. I remember definitely um, like uh, one of my friends in particular, she was so beautiful. We were a group of six girls and um, when she was on, so we used to call oh, it yeah, on yeah. or on your reds, she would come in and she'd be like, she wouldn't, talk, but we'd actually meet up in the morning and walk to school together and she wouldn't talk to anyone and by the afternoon she'd be like, I'm so sorry I was acting like that and everyone would be like, no, we've had enough, you know, but <laughs> yeah. because we're, we're all going through it, we all, you know, we all have our period, whatever. Um, so yeah, we did, we did have fallouts over it because of the hormones and it's yeah. the same, isn't it, even a bit now um, when we're due on or whatever, um, we feel a little irritable and yeah. like that. You can control it a bit more. Yeah, is it when Is it when you're going through puberty you just can't control your emotions as well no. as you can? but my experience was different with my friends we didn't have the menstruation thing and the hormonal change they have with menstruation. Yeah. My experience was everybody was always engaging in competitive banter with everyone else, putting them down, trying to establish a status. Yeah. And you weren't allowed to be upset because that was that, that showed that you weren't manly enough. You had to take the abuse and the banter. So you all just slagged each give, other. And give it all back. I feel and like girls didn't do that, though. No, I think, I think that's not. quite a male thing, yeah. So it's diff- it is different for boys and girls. Like, my brothers seemed to kind of sail through it. Like, like, they had all the physical changes, but I never remember them being like as awful as my sister and I were. So do you think that mood swings are different in women to men when they're going through like 14 and up kind of vibe? Well, there's a specific process of menstruation that causes the hormonal changes of mm. massive monthly mood swings. Yeah. That the, the, the bloats don't get. <laughs> but it's an individual thing as well because it depends on your family background, the other stresses and, and that might be going on yeah. within the family background. And I have a sister who's three years younger than me, but she's female, so she would have started her puberty... I assume about a year and a half after me, and we're very close to each other, and that therefore that could cause tensions um, just by being close to each other. Yeah. Uh, but dad, who was diabetic, which meant that he had mood swings a lot when his sugar, when his blood sugars uh, were high. Yeah. My mum suffered terrible migraines, and so 
You were a moody family. We were a moody, <laughs> we were a moody family, yeah. So you don't necessarily think this is all to do with puberty. Yeah. yeah. You think it's a combination of all the various things that's going on in everybody's lives. I yeah. will say that I went on the pill quite young. Yeah. But that was to, not to regulate, but to help with um, the, pains. the pains and stuff. Yeah. Obviously, it had its um, advantages as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair to say that females have it a lot tougher in, in, in puberty. There's yeah. far more, comp, you know, in the absence of a male contraceptive pill or, or indeed any male hormonal treatments, there's uh, for, for uh, uh, sex, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Contraception, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Any male uh, hormonal contraceptive treatment, lack of that means that um, women just have a tougher time. Yeah, there's a lot more there's a lot more going on uh, from a biochemical point of view with women than there is with men. And we have to change things that we love doing. Cause I loved playing football, rugby, yeah. basketball, running and as my breasts got bigger, oh, yeah. I couldn't do them anymore for, for one because it started it would hurt and then two because it's just it would hurt if someone like bashed into you but then too because Running. it's just it's in the way yeah you know so all of those things were like i never had that, that problem <laughs> <laughs> what's your what would you say i i think i know what you're gonna say but what would you say is your best memory from the time of when you were going through puberty oh best memory oh that's such a tough question um i'll be honest with you um actually so when i don't know if this is this i hope this answers the question but my mum um, used to say, she taught me this, these things when I was younger to make your boobs bigger. Yeah. Not that she needed to teach me, but I used to, so I used to stuff my, when I was younger, I'd stuff my bra with socks and stuff. Yeah. Um, and wear in my little cami, not my bra, sorry, my little cami top. And I would go to bed because my mum taught me this to do this thing, push my hands together and go, I must, I must, I, I must, must increase my bust. Yeah. And I'd done it every night. It worked. And look at what happened. <laughs> it worked. And you know, they say, ask and you shall receive. I ask and I shall receive. So I think that that was the best thing that happened. And that was the, my best memory because I used to, I genuinely done that, that every so night. So funny. And I believe it kept them up as well. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that now. I mean, um, what about you? I feel like yours is going to be music related. Uh, I, kept, I wrote a review of every single I liked in the whole year of 1986. So that was a highlight. You did a review of what? Every single that I liked in 1986. Stop. But I think in general, it was just emerging from the process and finding out that actually people liked me. Yeah. I I, I didn't. You know, I was re I, I wasn't someone with a lot of school friends, and before puberty. And emerging as a sort of more engaging, funny human being at the end of the process, just the idea that I actually had good, I mean, a lot of friends from school now that are still good friends of mine now. Yeah. Uh, that, that seemed, it seemed like a distant prospect before puberty. Yeah. And so it was just developing a personality, I think was the highlight of my puberty. I'd say the friendships, like, because you do create such solid friendships from that age. I think when you go into secondary school, and loads of my best friends are still the girls that like I walked into a school and met them when I was 12 years wow. old. And I think you do form really solid groups and my husband thinks it's mad that you would. I'd still have really best friends from, from back then, but I think it's the best time to I think it's beautiful. meet your friends. Yeah. What was your worst experience of puberty? My worst experience. Do you know what it has to? I know what it is. Um, it was period pains. Oh, okay, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I remember um having um, a um paper round, and not being able to complete it one day, and having to get my dad to come and pick me up because I was in so much pain. Um, and, and even to this day, I still get them so bad. But um, yeah, it would be definitely um, 
yeah. yeah, and period pains, yeah. Great. What about you? I think this is a more subtle one in this. It's happened over a period of time rather than instantly. But because I hit puberty quite earlier than the other kids at school, for about two years, I was good at sports. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually thought, one day I'm going to be good at sport. Look at me. I'm doing well <laughs> at sport. But every, once everyone caught up with me, I was back being rubbish at sport. Again. <laughs> so I think it was the realisation I was never, ever going to be good at sport when, when, when there seemed to be some vague hope that I could be. Yeah. In those two years, I was taller than everyone else at school. Oh, you got to beat them for a while. Do you think... It's harder for kids now going through puberty or it was harder for us? I feel like there's so much more knowledge now. We live in a totally different world, a totally yeah. different universe where everything is on your phone. The, enti- yeah. the, the entire encyclopedia of the history and culture of the world is on your phone. Uh, if you uh, find yourself sexually attracted to animated squirrels, you can find, <laughs> you can find a, a WhatsApp group for people that find themselves attracted to animated squirrels. Every, everything's out there. Yeah. And that brings w- with it pressures and anxieties, mm. and, uh, but it's also a very useful thing to have, to, yeah. to know that there are other people out there that, who are living the same life that you are. Yeah, yeah so, I suppose there is there is pros and cons because like I would have hated there to be social media around when I was going goodness. through all that stuff because it does add to the pressure and then yeah. like you've got people saying things about you online and kids do that to each other. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe it would actually be a little bit. Harder. I mean, I'm old fashioned. I, if I, I'm never going to be a parent, but if I was, I would tell my kids not to go on, on Facebook or Twitter yeah. or whatever. I know you do, but, but you can only you can only stop to them to a point. Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I know it's naive, and I know there's no chance. But, I know, but you uh, would because it is so cruel, and you worry about them, and especially when you're that young and you're going through puberty. You know, with social media and the internet, there are massive advantages to it. And there are yeah. massive disadvantages, and those not those aren't going to go away. I suppose we do have the body positive movement, like that everyone's body is like different, and it's okay to be different, and at least people are seeing their bodies represented, whereas they might not have done in the past. But like, that doesn't yeah. stop the cruelty of the teenager either. Yeah. I mean, it's all very well th- to have a, a media that is more body positive. Yeah, yeah. I kind of get. I suppose because when we when we were, would have been growing up, you wouldn't have you would have seen skinny one, models. Skinny that was model, it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, a certain look, and that's it. And then if you didn't fit into that um, into that idea of what beauty the yeah. beauty standard was, then yeah, I guess you know that that would have been that. What I mean for me, that was difficult. But I think, as you said, um, this body positive, but body positive um, movement now. It may make it yeah. easier. Maybe we all just have to go through that. Like we all went through the tough stage of when yeah. you're in school and people are mean to each other. It's just it's probably a slightly more amplified for kids these days because of online. But I, I think is that just a part of puberty? Just going through all that kind of stuff. It's just a reflection are... of the fact that progress means that life moves on. Yeah. And we are. I mean, the, the 1980s when I grew up bears no resemblance. Yeah. To, to what it's like to be a teenager now. No no resemblance whatsoever. No. I think it'd be nice to, like, I remember my mum just kind of threw a book at me. And, like, I was to just read the oh, book. Really? Yeah, that was kind of it. That was our, like, intro into what was going to happen. Birds <laughs> and the bees. Oh, you mean... Uh, <laughs> Everything, the, just yet, yeah, yeah. She gave you an actual book and said read it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of it. I just got a book. It's t- it's too early for Gigi to read, obviously, but I just thought it was quite interesting because girls kind of close off. Like I didn't want my mom sitting there telling me about sex. That'd be mortifying for me at that age. Even I now, I would hope she would. My mum, but I, my dad. I didn't want my dad to know anything. Even now, <laughs> even now, like I wouldn't want my dad to know it. You know, when it's the time of the month or anything. But my sister, 
who again I'm 16 years older than, she's completely different. Yeah. And she obviously went, it's gone, um, um, gone through puberty at a completely different time. But um, she she wouldn't mind my dad knowing these things or talking to my dad about. Um, See, I still yeah, don't even like that. Yeah. Now. I mean, yeah, again, there's as, a massive difference between women and, and blokes because my parents had no reason to talk to me about sex. I wasn't in a relationship and I wasn't menstruating once a month. So there was no reason for my mum and dad to go through the birds and bees with but me. But why would you not, though? Did they do why that with your you sister? With, well, with my mom? sister, they, they actually did. hired an auntie to come in oh, uh, and sit next to her and watch a BBC uh, science documentary called The Miracle of Life. Uh, and I, I remember being told, Paul, go upstairs. Do you uh, think that? Really? Can I ask, do you think that as That's a boy you didn't need to know? Because I feel like boys, boys should know about birds and bees as well. I know, of course. Like, yeah, it was just the way eyes. it was in the eighties. My, parents, was in my parents' eyes, I didn't need to know. Oh, I understand. Because I, I understand. as I said, I wasn't in a relationship and um, I wasn't menstruating, so they, yeah. they had no reason to step up to the plate and go, "Right, Paul, sit down. <laughs> we're going to have a chat." Didn't I just feel like wow. there'd be nothing worse as a teenager than your parents doing no. that, and you're just like, so "Please cringe. don't make the me idea." Of my dad sat there going, "This goes in here." Oh, stop! No. Stop! But when they done it at school, it was funny, wasn't it? You know, when they'd come, mm. someone would come in, and we we had a test tube. They'd show you how to put the condom on the test tube, and in class, because you're with all your mates, this, this is a laugh. Yeah. But with your parents and with your teacher doing it, it's funny. But with if your parents yeah, do, you it, I think it's a bit more cringe. Yeah. And the reason it's funny as well is because the teacher is in a situation where he knows that you all know already. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He's not telling you anything new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it creates a sort of very awkward situation because he has to pretend that you're being educated. Did you get any support? Where did you get your support from when you were going through puberty? I don't really remember looking for support. I don't remember thinking that there was anything wrong with me. I thought there was something wrong with everyone else. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got no support from my mum and dad and bless them, they, they didn't have the nous to give me that support. Anyway. Yeah. So that's not the people they were. It was very much friends, two lots of friends, school friends, and then kids of my dad's former medical student friends who came to Britain. We used to meet at reunions all the time. Yeah. And they were the ones that really sort of were the supportive ones. Yeah. It took me a while to come out to them. I was still in my mid-twenties when that happened. Yeah. But they always had my back. That's nice. I don't think I ever looked for support. I was never somebody that... I, I'm not very good at asking for help. Yeah. Um, but I know if I did need anyone, it would have been my mum. So my yeah. mum told me everything, you know, if I needed pads and sanitary products, my mum would go and get it for me because I was too yeah. embarrassed to go and buy them myself. So my mum would do all of that. But, yeah, in terms of, like, friends for support, I had a really tight friendship group. There were six of us. We yeah. were called the Kelkin Crew. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but um, I yeah I, I I was never I was never someone that could ask for help yeah. so yeah I didn't, didn't I just don't remember feeling like I ever needed it yeah I was just too busy being right all the time <laughs> <laughs> and are you still right yeah yes <laughs> nothing's changed <laughs> if you go go back in time and tell your teenage self one thing about going through puberty what would it be a it gets better but b learn stuff 
yeah. your brain is so absorbent to puberty due to the, the changes that take place. It's a great time to listen to old albums, listen to new albums, read oh. books, read facts, learn about learn about the world. Watch I films. know the periodic table, and it was obviously because I was going through puberty. And I'm like, how do I know that? Like, it was so boring, but I know the periodic table. Like, why do I? I don't need that knowledge, but it's just stuck with me. Just random stuff like that. You're yeah. so right. Uh, if I had to speak to my pu- uh, teenage self. Embrace the madness that's going around you and maximise what you can gain out of it. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's beautiful. Good. Because a lot, a lot of things in later life, you'll wish you knew. You, I mean, I, I, I wish I'd listened to more Beatles albums, for instance. <laughs> I, I, I know about twenty songs with the Beatles, and they they made about mil, well, they made millions of hits. I yeah. wish I'd l- listened to more old music when I was a teenager. Yeah. It sank in, and I remember at my age, nothing really sinks. Nothing really sinks in and stays anymore. <laughs> so, you know, it's a stressful time, but it's also the time that most influences who you become. Yeah. And the more stuff you can pack into those teenage years, the better. Ah, mm. oh, that's beautiful. I don't know how I'm going to top that. <laughs> Mine, to be honest with you, I would just say to myself um, to do some research. Research for yourself. Um, and don't don't just go on the pill, because I feel like that really yeah. has affected my body to, even to this day. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, it would be do research. Yeah. I would say research, yeah. And don't, one, one pill doesn't fit all, babe. No, it definitely it doesn't. doesn't. And in terms of sexuality as well, I, I would say to any teenager, don't rush things. There's, mm. it's, 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 it's not a sprint. No. Uh, yeah. And so don't, don't necessarily assume that you know what your sexuality is, because there's a lot of time out there. But don't rush to tell your parents, don't rush to tell your friends. Wait until you're ready, and yeah. wait, wait, wait until you feel comfortable with the idea. Yeah. I'm absolutely convinced that my life would be horrific if I'd come out to my parents in my teenage years, oh, and the yeah. giving them t- giving them time to see to understand more about the world and 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 be, become more progressive themselves helped me. Mm. So don't feel that everything's a sprint that you've got to pack these life life uh, landmarks in in your teenage years. You don't. You use it to absorb the world around you and then go forth and do what feels right for you. <laughs> and what about if I offered you both a million pounds, would you go back and do it again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, would. of course, Especially yeah, in the, 19, in the 1980s, a million pounds would have got you a lot. A <laughs> lot, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to hang out with my school friends could have invested very well. <laughs> just, to, just to do the whole school again. I, I mean, did, like, yeah, as much as I didn't, incredible. like, classes I just it was a nice camaraderie when you were that age in school it, it is a really fun time yeah well thank you oh, both that was uh, very good very eye opening thank you for having thank us thank you and that's sadly all we have time for big thanks to our guests Paul Sinna and Verona Rose what an equal parts nostalgic and nightmarish walk down memory lane that was hilarious and illuminating I absolutely loved it another quick reminder to listeners if you're affected by anything you heard in this episode please do reach out to your GP or visit the Boots Health Hub for access to advice. Boots also stock lots of personal hygiene products, everything from deodorant and skincare to sanitary and grooming products, which can be found both online and in-store. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Until the next time, thank you. Um, oh, oh, do you know, can I also say one thing about the best thing that happened to me in puberty? Yeah. I saw Prince. I saw Prince, the first concert uh, I ever went to. Was that Prince. was your first concert. It was Prince live at the Wembley Arena in 1986. My first was Oasis. What's yours? At Genuine. <laughs> <laughs>